This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah Tetzezubek, the weekly shiur on Peirush Haramban, the Parshat HaShavua. And this week, Parshat Dvarim, we begin Sefer Devarim. And the Ramban that I wish to speak about is found in the beginning of Perek Bet, the specifically Pasuk Yud, but it actually begins somewhat earlier. Perek Bet in Sefer Dvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu is summarizing, recapitulating the voyages, the traveling of Bnei Yisrael through the Midbar. And he skips along to the 40th year, and he gets too close to the borders, and they meet the peoples who are uh, basically blocking their way to reach the Jordan River. The first one they reach is Asaph. And Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Perek Bet, Pasuk Bet, Vayomer Adonai Elai Limor, Rav Lachem Sobat Aharazeh, Pnu Lachem Tzafona. Vayet Ha'am Tzav Limor Atem Ovarim Begvur Ahaychem Bnei Esav, Hayoshevim Beseir. God says, you're about to go along the border, of course not entering, but along the border of your brothers. Esav, be very careful. Do not provoke them. I will not give you from their land, from the land of Esav, even one footstep. Because I've given it to Esav, this land is called Ha-Seir. The mountain of Seir is Esav's inheritance. But you can buy food for them, etc., 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 etc. And so that's what happens. So they go around the land of Edom, of Esav, and they come to the land of Moab. Pasuk Tet says, don't provoke and don't attack them to cause a war because I will not give you from their land. Same thing that took place in Esau. Now we know from Parshat Chukat that there's a whole conversation took place. The Jews asked to pass to Edom and the king of Edom refused them passage in and passageway and they had to go around it but they did not go to war. Doesn't say anything there about Moab, but it says it over here. And Ramban then, we actually mentioned this because it came up in a different, convers- a different uh, context when we discussed the war with Midian in Pashat Pinchas. And also Ramban mentioned in the beginning of Pashat Balak. He said that he surmised that the people of Moab knew that God had forbidden the Jews to attack them, and therefore their fear of the Jews was in fact not rational because the Jews were not planning to attack them. All that based on the pasuk in. Parshat Devarim, that said, Moshe Rabbeinu tells that, yes, years ago, or many months ago, we were commanded not to attack Moab. And then in Pasuk Yud, there was a strange addition. They didn't enter Edom, they didn't attack Edom, they didn't attack Moab, because the land was given to Moab, and not to you. Lot natati et ar Yerusha, the city, the land of Ar, is given to the children of Lot, it's Moab, and of course B'nai Ammon as well. 
Then the Pasuk adds, Ha'imim lifanim yashavu va'am gadol v'rav v'ram ka'anakim. Rifa'im yechashavu av'hem ka'anakim. V'amu'avim yikru lehem imim. We have this historical note, totally irrelevant to the history of the Jews in the desert. All of a sudden the Torah tells us the different ethnic groups that inhabited the lands to the east of the Jordan River. The land, which is Moab, before the Moabites, the Amim lived there. And they were a great and powerful and gigantic, giants, people of giants. Another name for them is Rifaim. The word Rifaim means great people. The Rifaim were also giants, but the Moabim called them Amim. Amim means the word of Ema, terror people, terrorizing people. They were so afraid of them. But apparently, they supplanted them because now it's the land of Moab. And then the Torah says, you know, since I told you that, let me give you some more historical notes. Ubiseir, the land previously mentioned, the land where the Bnei Esav lived, was called Hasair. Ubiseir yashvu hachurim lifanim. Oh, in ancient times, lifanim, lifanim is Hebrew for Amalagatzaitin. Once upon a time, the people living there were the Chorim. Uvnei Esav, here it's quite explicit, and the children of Esav disinherited and destroyed them and took their place. Just as the Jews did to their land, this hasn't taken place yet, incidentally. Just as the Jews are about to do, just as the Jews are about to do, to their land of inheritance, which God has given to them. And then the Pasuk continues and tells the Jews to cross Nachal Zavid and uh, eventually come to the place in which we're standing now. And then the Torah says, don't attack B'nai Ammon. And continues on with Jewish history until they have the war with Sichon, which is the first conquest of any land at all. The question, of course, is what is the meaning of this historical note? That before the Moabites came to the land of Moab, the Emim, who were Anakim, the giant Emim, lived there. So the Ramban in Pasuk Yud quotes Rashi. Ha'imim lifanim yashvu ba. And then Pasuk Yud Aleph. Rifaim yechashvu afheim. They're called Rifaim. Rashi explains. Ata savur shezu eretz Rifaim shenatati la'avraham. When Avraham was promised eretz kena'an, he was promised by God what his children would inherit. At the end of Berit Ben HaBetamim, God lists the different lands that he had given to Abraham. In Perek Tetvav of Bereshit, Pasuk Yudchet, Bayom Ahu, Karat Adonai et Avram Brit Lemo. Vizaracha Natati et Aaret Sazot. God made a covenant with Avraham. I've given to your children this land. Which land? Minahar Mitzrayim Adanahar Gadol Nahar Prat. First it gives it by borders, two rivers. Between the two rivers of Nahar Mitzrayim and 
Nahaprat, and then it details and lists the lands. Et hakeni, veet hakenizi, veet hakadmoni, veet hachiti, veet haprizi, veet harefaim, veet hamori, veet haknani, veet hagirashi, veet hayevusi. There are ten nations listed here. One of them is the Rifaim. So Rashi and our pasuk says, Atasavu, you might think that the Emim who are called Rifaim who inhabit the land now called Boav. Maybe this is the Eretz Rifaim that was promised to Avraham. The Fish Aimim Hem Rifaim Yashvuba. Avalozuhi. It's a mistake. Rashi says the Pasuk means people thought of the Aimim as though they were Rifaim. They're not the real Rifaim. People considered the Emim to be Rifaim, but they're not the real Rifaim. There was tall, the Emim was just as gigantic as the Rifaim. Where the word Rifaim, Rashi explains, Rifaim means makes you weak. Rafo means weak. Emim means it makes you have terror. Emim Hashem Shem Atem Utel Atad Abriyot Lashon Rashi. In other words, Rashi says that the Pasuk is coming to tell us that if you might have heard that these people are the Rafaim, they're not the Rafaim, they're really the Emim. And people sometimes call the Emim and Rafaim, but it's a mistake. And why is that important? This is not the land promised to Abraham Avinu. Rashi's purpose, I think, undoubtedly, is not to tell us that they're now inhabiting a land not promised, as though it's somehow illegitimate. They're inhabiting a land not included in the inheritance. It's legitimate because uh, this is the land which happens to be there. But Rashi, I think, is coming to tell us is that if God promised Avraham Avinu ten lands, and there were ten lands listed in Brit Ben Aptarim, seven of which are considered to be Eretz Canaan, and another three, Keni, Knizi, and Kadmoni, are not conquered when the Jews reach Eretz Israel. So Rashi is coming to say that the Eretz Rifaim is also not here. You shouldn't think that Moab, which is not conquered by Eretz Israel, was promised to them. Because it was promised to them, they should have conquered it. So Rashi says, Eretz Rifaim is someplace else. But the land of Moab is not included in the promise to, to, to Avraham Avinu. Had it been included in the promise to Avraham Avinu, then why didn't we get it? That apparently is Rashi's intent. Now, we know that Moab is not conquered by the Jews. It says, Al-Tatsaret Moab, do not attack it. So Rashi says, oh, but, but isn't Eretz Moab promised to the Jews? After all, it's the modern name of Eretz Rifaim. How do I know that? Because Rifaim used to live there. How do I know Rifaim used to live there? Because Emim used to live there. And Emim are Rifaim. But she says, no. Rifaim never lived here. They lived elsewhere. Emim lived here. Emim are not Rifaim. They're only called Rifaim. For those of you who recall reading Alice in Wonderland, very important logical principle taught to Alice by the White Knight and here taught to us by Rashi that you can be one thing and be called something else. The land is really Eretz Haimim. 
but it's called Eretz Rifaim, but it's not the real Eretz Rifaim. The real Eretz Rifaim is elsewhere. And for those of you who didn't recognize my reference to Alice in Wonderland, please look it up. It's the Song of the White Knight, who says that the song is A, but it's called B. And therefore, it's not really what it is. It's not really Eretz Rifaim. The Ramban says that this is not the correct pshat in the Pasuk or in the intent of the Pasuk. And in fact, Ramban says the pshat is exactly the opposite. He says, I don't understand why, according to Rashi, why does God come to tell us what it's not? That Eretz Amon Moab are not Eretz Rifaim. Well, you say there's an obvious reason. Maybe that's why it wasn't conquered. If it had been Eretz Rifaim, we would have conquered it. We know it's Asur to conquer it. The reason is, that's why the Pasuk has told us why it wasn't conquered. It wasn't conquered because it's not included in the land destined for the Jews. If the reason is because it's not appropriate for the Jews, this is Eretz Ha'emim, and it's not promised to you. Why does it say, no, you shouldn't conquer it because I've given it to Bnei Lot. The reason isn't because I've given it to Bnei Lot. The reason is because I haven't given it to you. The Ramban claims that the meaning of the Pasuk, because this land was given to the children of Lot as their inheritance, means exactly the opposite of what Rashi apparently meant. It means, It's coming to say, the Ramban claims, this land is your land. It was given to Avraham. In fact, Ramban says it is Eretz Rifaim. And it was included in the promise of God to Avraham in Brit Ben Abtarim. Why are you not allowed to conquer it? Because I've given it to Bnei Lot. Not because I haven't given it to Avraham, because I've given it to Bnei Lot. How could you give Bnei Lot something which was given to Avraham? The answer is clear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu natna l'Bnei Lot ba'avur Avraham. K'moshe katav Rashi, atzmo, in fact Rashi, says it lot is a part, a member of the Avraham family. He's not a descendant of Avraham, that's true. He's not a child of Avraham. But he belongs to Avraham's family. And the inheritance of Avraham is divided up among his children, most of which are us, and most of the inheritance comes to us. But parts go to other inheritors of Abraham. And one of them is in fact Lot. Why is Lot an inheritor of Abraham if he's not a child of Abraham? So the reason is technical and moral. He went with Abraham to Mitzrayim and he was quiet when Abraham said that Sarah was his sister and he did not squeal. He did not disclose the fact that Sarah was Abraham's wife. And therefore he was granted a portion and of course, in, 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 in a somewhat larger sense, Lot, although not a child, is a member of Abraham's household. And in fact, Abraham thought that Lot might inherit him. And I, I think in Pshat, 
he probably took Lot along because he expected Lot to inherit him. So even though he has his own children and therefore Lot is not a inheritor according to the laws of inheritance, but he was granted. From within the inheritance of Abraham. It's not taken away from Abraham. I think that's what Rabban is trying to say. It, it's Mipnei Abraham. Because Lot was loyal to the house of Abraham, he was like an adopted son. And he received a portion of the ten lands granted to Abraham in Brit Ben Abtarim. Similarly, Har Seir, given to Esav, the Ramban says, is one of the ten lands. Part of the ten lands given to Abraham. So therefore he repeats his question, why does God say to Moshe, it's Aimim land, not Rifaim land. In any event, even if it's not Rifaim land, so it's one of the other lands. But the Rabban is convinced, he says Rashi himself quotes, the fact that Seir and Ammon and Moab are included in either Kini Knizi Vikadmoni or Eretz Vifayim. They're included in the greater patrimony of Avraham Avinu. Therefore, the man says, The correct interpretation is the exact opposite of Rashi. The Pasuk is telling us why you do not conquer these lands, even though you're supposed to conquer them. Even though you could think you're supposed to conquer them. These lands are ancestral Jewish, almost Jewish. They're ancestral Abrahamic lands. You're not talking about France or outer Mongolia here. This, you, you could view this, this is the special lands. These are the lands given to Avam Avinu in Brit Ben Abtarim. And therefore there's an obvious reason to conquer them as we conquer the lands of the seven nations who inhabit Eretz Canaan, who lived there, but it was given to Avam Avinu. Therefore, the Pasuk told us that the Emim were Bifayim so that we should know that it is Ru'ya, it, it's, it's appropriate to be conquered by the Jewish people except that I've given it to the children of Lot. I've spun it off from the inheritance of Avraham and given it to Lot. And then Rabban says an interesting thing. It's not just that it's the name, Eretz Rifaim, and you recognize that as being one of the ten nations. But no, no, no. It's important to realize that these people were giants. And in fact, they were Am Gadol Veram Kanakim, a great and powerful nation of giants, who the Moavim called Emim, because anyone who viewed them was immediately filled with terror. So you'll say, if that's true, then how in the world did the Moab ever conquer that land? If the Moab 
the Moabites were terrorized by the very sight of the Emim, how in the world did they ever conquer the land? So in Ban answers, there's no other possibility. It must be that it was a miracle. He says, if they inhabited this land, it must have been a divine miracle. And if it's a divine miracle, why did it take place? Who are the Moabites to deserve a divine miracle? The answer is, B'schut Shalmi, who's merit? Avraham Avinu, of course. In other words, it's not just an accident that Moab is is, is inhabiting land included in the Abrahamic patrimony. It's a fulfillment of God's promise and it was done with special providence, miraculous providence, that these measly little Moabites were able to disinherit and dispossess the mighty, gigantic race of Imim Anakim Rifaim. Therefore, Ein Ra'u'i Ligzol Mehem Ha'aretz and therefore it's not appropriate that you should conquer a land, take a land which was given to them by God miraculously. The miraculously point here is more or less irrelevant. It's not, you should not take a land that God gave them, but the, the miracle proves that God gave them, gave them specifically, gave them deliberately, not offhandedly, Everything that takes place in the world is God's will. But this was a this was a grant. God handed them the land and the nace, the miracle, proves that that's true. The Ramban says the same thing is true for Esav and Seir. That's why the next Pasuk goes back and says, Ube Seir, sounds like we're just giving a history lesson here. In Seir lived the Chorim. Who are the Chorim? Ramban says, hmm, who are the Chorim? It's going to tell us the same reason that is more or less explicit because of the miraculous reference. Why can't you conquer Moab? Why is it forbidden to attack Moab? Because it was a gift of God. That's the same reason why you're not allowed to attack Esau. Now, the miracle in Esau is less explicit because they weren't dealing with a, 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 a um, race of giants. But the connection. Chorim are also lands given to Avraham. Why do I think that? doesn't say Chorim in the book of Tarim. Ramban says Chorim are the Chivi. Chor and Chivi are the same people. Ki HaChorim heim HaChivi. And Eretz HaChivi is one of the Bnei Kanan. And he proves that Chivi is one of the Bnei Kanan. It's mentioned by Esav who married Oliva Mabat Ana Bat Sivon HaChivi. And she's described as being Bibinot Kanan. And Sivon himself lived in Seir HaChori. You see that Chori and Chivi are interchangeable. And therefore the man is convinced that Eretz Seir, inhabited by the Chivi, is one of the lands of Canaan, although it's found on the eastern side of the Jordan River. In Breshit, when the four kings attack the five kings at Stom, 
So it describes the uh, military march of the four kings. And it says that Hikuat Harafaim Bashtarot Kanaim Vahori Baharam Seir. Kiahori Baharafaim Namachai Kanan Hayu. It mentions that the four kings who came from afar had smot, had smitten the Rafaim in Ashtarot Kanaim and the Hori Baharam Seir, the Hori who lived in Seir. Banisupi is pointing out that you see that these are all Canaanite peoples because they were basically attacking Canaan. So, what do we get from this? Skipping a few lines. The Chorim, who are one of the peoples given to Avraham, the land of the Chorim was given to Avraham, they lived in the land that's later on called Seir, that's also a Nes. Although the Nes is not mentioned, but still they are very powerful people. And Esav was a young people. Who did they came? They came and they destroyed these people. Oh, also a Nes. Now he says it's quite true. Esav is Zera Avraham. So here the the division uh, of the inheritance is less surprising. The ten lands were given to Avraham, and Esav, who is one of the children of Avraham, a grandson of Avraham, he's there, Avraham, he received it as part, not in violation of the Brit, but as the fulfillment of the Brit. So by Lot, there was a little bit of a twist. Lot is not a legal inheritor of Avraham. But the man said, it's not a violation of the covenant. He received it because of his Virtual, his honorary membership in Abraham's, fa- in Abraham's family, which was granted to him because of his loyalty to Abraham. And Esav is simply a natural inheritor of Abraham. And here also, it was given to them, Benes, God, in other words, what does Benes mean? We don't care about the miracle. It was given to them by the hands of God, because it's a covenant. It's not just world politics. God has a specific covenant with Abraham, and now he's fulfilling it. And before he fulfills it with the Jewish people, he's already fulfilled it with Amon, Moab, Ve'esav. God has, in fact, given all of those ten nations to the descendants of Abraham. Chad mehem le'esav. Yisrael. Shahu Haben Abacho. One of them to Esav, two to Amon and Moab, and the rest will go to Israel. Therefore, it's improper to steal from Esav, which God has given him. Because God will be angry at one who steals from them the land which He has given to them, just as He will be angry at He who steals land from Israel. And therefore, the continuation of the Pasuk that describes that B'nei Esav yirashum v'yashmidu mipneem v'yishu tachtam ka'asher asay Yisrael la'aretz ha'yirushato asher natan adonai lahem that Esav supplanted the Seir, the Chori, just as Israel will supplant in his land. We don't need that Pasuk at all the end. It's coming to equate. Your title to the land of Canaan is equal to Esav's title to the land of Seir and apparently 
Moab's title to the land of Moab because they all derive from the promise of God to Abraham and the giving of God to Benes. When we conquered the land of Canaan, that was Benes. The same kind ofness took place when these lands were given to these people, these farm people, these enemy people. We don't like them. But their sitting on these lands is the fulfillment and it's their portion, just as your portion. You have no more right to their land. You have no more right to your own land than they have to, to their land. And therefore, if you take it, it will be theft. It will be gazela. So the Ramban is answering the question, why did God forbid war with Moab, Ammon, and Esau? And the Ramban's answer is, because their possession of these lands is a divine promise to their forefather, Avraham Avinu. And the Ramban explicitly, and I think repeatedly, equates Moab and Esav, possession of Eretz Moab and Eretz Seir, Eretz Ar and Eretz Seir, with the Israelite possession of Eretz Canaan, he Eretz Israel. There's a fascinating Ramban. The history, subsequent history, of the Jewish people with these nations is going to be one of war when they attack us and eventually we're going to attack them back but the Torah had prohibited war with them so you might say well maybe because the Torah likes the people Ramban in Parshat uh, Pinchas we discussed this two weeks ago described had to explain why the Jews were commanded to attack Midian and not Moab The reason is because of the story of Baal Pa'or. Moab was obviously involved. It was his girls. Ramban said, he sort of put off other reasons. He said, the reason is this. The people are evil. And that's why, on an individual level, they, in fact, will be scorned by the Torah. We're not allowed to intermarry. You're not allowed to marry a ger from Moab because they're bad people. And specifically, of all the nations in the world, Moab has been prohibited from entering into the covenant of Israel. But the land of Moab is inviolable. Why? Ramban is said in one line of what he says here at length. Because God has given Abraham and Abraham is more than the Jews. There's more to Abraham than merely the Jewish people. And in fact, Ramban uh, says about Esav in the beginning of the Perek, in Pasuk Dalid, where when God told them not to attack Edom, not to attack Esav, it said, Achechem b'nei Esav. Why Achechem? So you might think it means, are oh, they your brothers? But the Ramban thinks it's strange to call Esav your brothers, because they're your enemies. So it doesn't mean that they're your brothers, it means that they're the sons of your father. Yichus, Achechem b'nei Esav, sheyichus Yisrael min Avraham, v'chol zarao achim. They're your brothers, not because they love you, not in the in the social sense of the word brothers. They're your brothers because you have a common father. And of course, the reason is we just read that therefore they've inherited the land 
from Avraham. As the Vine points out in the Pasuk, the Bnei Yishmael don't count, because it's a divine decree, Ki bi Yitzchak yikarei lechazara. Avraham had only one inheriting son, Yitzchak, and all the others, Bnei Keturah and Yishmael, are excluded. Ki bi Yitzchak yikarei lechazara. Only Yitzchak is your son. But Yitzchak had two sons, and Esav is a child of Yitzchak. So therefore, Esavas really are brothers. Plus, Bnei Lot, who come in on the side for a separate, for a separate reason. We saw last week the Ramban's interesting point about the names of the cities where the Jews restored the Moabite names to the cities stolen by the, by the Amori in the land of Sichon. And here the Ramban says that the actual land of Moab, not the land of Moab conquered by Sichon, the land of Moab still inhabited by Moab, is held in sacred trust for the Moab people as a fulfillment of God's command to Abraham. I'm not going to accuse the Ramban Chas Shalom of not believing in the specialness of the Jewish people. He obviously does. But the Ramban here is saying that part, part of what we think of as being special about the Jews, the covenant with Avraham Avinu, the Ramban points out that there are other people included in it. Eretz Yisrael, we know we've seen it length this year. What Ramban thinks about Eretz Yisrael? It's the land of 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 Shechina. So there are these lands which border on Eretz Yisrael, and they were included in the original promise. No distinction made. Ten lands given to Avraham Avinu, and it turns out that not all come to the Jews. We're not the only inheritors of Abraham Avinu in terms of bread. Not just in terms of his money. I don't care about Abraham Avinu's sheep. We're talking about here the land promised Abraham, not just property of Abraham Avinu, but the inheritance of Abraham, the Yerusha of Abraham. Zot ha'aretz asher natati. Bayom ahu karat Hashem brit et Abraham neymo. Zarecha natati et ha'aretz hazot. Ha'aretz hazot. Ha'aretz Azot includes non-Jewish lands for history. It's not coming to teach you to love Moab or to admire Asa. The people are Goyim. They're like all other Goyim. But the Cheshbon, the calculations of God, are wider than only the Jewish people. What's Rabban going to do with that? I don't know. There's no continuation here. But it's a checkpoint. Ramban is putting a little bit of an arrest on what we might call Jewish spiritual chauvinism. There's a Brit. There's a conferring of the hands of God. Benes! It's a miracle! God performed miracles in order to be able to say that I have given this land to Esav. Not even one foot can you take. Because I have granted, not just given, I've granted it to Esav. And the same thing with Moav. The word Yerusha means not property but inheritance. Ka'asher Asa 
And that's it for this week's Pasha, and that's it for temporarily for this series, and frankly all the series of KMTT as we go on vacation in the month of Av. We'll be back, of course, in Chodesh Elul in another month. But until then, I'll be on vacation. Please continue on your own, the Ramban Parsha, and your learning. Until then, call to of you been listening to KMTT, the Torah podcast. Kimitzion, Titzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.